Thank you to everyone who filled out that survey I asked you to take a few weeks back. The turnout was awesome, and for that I am forever grateful. But now I am back to ask you for another favor. If you like this show, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you download podcasts. It only takes a second, and it really does help. So far, surprisingly few of you have taken me up on my offer to have sex with you and or commit a contract murder on your behalf in exchange for these favors you are doing for me. But FYI, my offer still stands, so don't be shy. And don't forget, subscribe to The Tully Show, then rate and review. Subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from the 10th floor of the Casino Tower at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Boasting a view of the top of some other building and the runway at McCarran Airport. This is a special bonus episode of The Tully Show. As always, I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, Dave, the voice, voice, Tita, Cupcake du Jour, and Mark Murmur Murdoch together. They are the voice, voice show airing Saturday nights on Sirius XM's Faction Talk, and they are the This Voice Life podcast. This episode was recorded in a hotel room on a groggy Saturday Ellis Mania morning, so apologies in advance for any issues with the sound or with any of us forming complete sentences. Hello, everybody. Hello, Michael. Mike, how are you, bud? Hi. Hey, we are here with a special first-time-ever swapcast of The Voice Boy Show and The Tully Show from the luxurious Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, where uh, it is Saturday morning, and everybody is holding up reasonably well. That's fair. I feel fine. The majority of us are feeling good. I, I think the uh, the young merms here might be lying. Pulling, <laughs> pulling the young man card going, no, no, I feel great. I feel awesome. But if he hadn't a drank, I think there'd be a, a difference. He'd be like, oh, okay, this is what normal feels like. I definitely had to like, get over it this morning, that's for sure. When I went golfing, it was a yak in the bush, for sure. Did you oh. can, did you start to drink playing golf? No. Oh, God, no. So you haven't drank yet today? No. Wait, are you serious? You barfed in a bush? Yeah. So, first answer earlier today when we were exchanging pleasantries was, I'm great. I feel fine. He just left out the barfing. I think he means, I feel fine now that I have barfed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was like, yeah. Which is a kind of fine. (laughs) I think it might just be along the lines of, I feel fine for a 28-year-old that's in Las Vegas that's been partying for the last three days. I feel great. Yeah, I'm still standing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Well, you only got one more night. So uh, what's happening on your guys' show? I dip in from time to time, but uh, like, uh, what what have I missed? Groundhog Day. <laughs> no. Uh, Movie, musical, or day? All of the above. Although I can't say for certain on the musical front because I have not viewed it. Have you seen it? No, but Bill Murray went, and then he went back the next day. Get it? Oh. <laughs> Bill Murray never missing a chance to be Bill Murray. Um, we are doing the same thing we're always doing, and hopefully better, because we've had more practice, but nothing in particular of note other than we're still here. Um, it's like every, like anything else, it starts with, 
starts with an idea and it, and it grows from there. And each show, I feel it does grow. Um, it's kind of like breathing. You know, you take a deep, big, deep breath and you blow out. And it's kind of how I think of the show. It has like ups and downs, but each time you breathe in and breathe out, it, it grows as a show, like a flower in the sun. It was a tortured metaphor, but I think I follow. <laughs> well, I wanted to take this opportunity to say something that's actually fairly important. And this seems like the perfect venue for me to do it, um, given the, the company I am in. As everybody probably listening to this knows on the Jason Ellis Show, I've been highly critical of Canada over the years. And I, a real is it, but I, I, uh, I'm not wrong very often. But I, I, I like to admit it when I am wrong. And um, th- I feel like there's been a growing realization within me, particularly, I'm not sure why, in the last 12 to 24 months, <laughs> that actually Canada might be not only pretty cool, but might actually be head and shoulders clearly superior to my country of birth. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. That's very big of you, Michael. Do you agree with that? Well, I think we've always agreed, but the humbleness of Canada is we just let you have your 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 pie cake and eat it too. If you if you want to feel that way about your country, we will sit up above you and just kind of look down and let you have that day. Wow. Have you guys ever thought about making the Canada looking down on you t-shirt? Well, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. Shit runs downhill, Michael, and we're on the top of that fucking shit stack. Okay, well, that's actually something I was going to bring up later, but I may as well do it now. What has Canada been saying behind America's back about America all of these years? I'm not just talking about in the in the Trump era, but what do you think? Like, of course, you're very polite people, and you wouldn't go out of your way to antagonize America because that's not your style. But what do you think Canadians really have always thought of America in relation to Canada? Like, is there a national inferiority complex, or is there this quiet confidence? Um, I think everybody has, I think uh, province by province, just like state for state, you're going to have uh, a different view. My, my personal view is every single American I've ever met, had an interaction with, has been a good person. Um, but then if you just look from, like I said, if you Isn't just, that amazing? I know where you you're just, going with this. You incredible, inc- incredible persons, terrible people. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> if you just pull back and look at. Um, the country as a whole, like as a TV show, you're like, holy fuck! Mm-hmm. It's it, and it, and it's an imaginary line in the sand that divides Canada and the United States of America. But there's so much more that divides it outside of that imaginary line. And I can't say what it is, whether it's the political system, uh, laws in place, or. Um, uh, I really can't put my finger on it, but there's just something that is so different between the two. Although we have similarities that are, you know, it's like having a redheaded stepchild cousin. You're like, wow, we're the same blood, but somehow not. Well, I worked up a list of what I see as the pros and cons, because in all honesty, I have had not serious, but I have had conversations with my wife about like, if if the Trump thing is just another era in America and things kind of move in another direction after that, well, you know, I love America. I don't I don't ever want to leave America, truly. But let's just say this guy is just the tip of some awful iceberg. Seriously, what are we going to do? My wife lives in America on a green card. My child is half Asian, you know? At, at what point, if we ever needed to relocate, seriously, where would we go? And 
she would be happy to move to Japan. I mean, she prefers to live in America, but she could go live in Japan. That presents certain challenges for me, both personally and professionally. So I was like, well, I was just up in Vancouver, and it's you know, it's only a couple hours away. Um, I do feel like I could. I'm a city person, so it's it's just like, what city am I going to move to? There's no um, there's no chance of me moving to Manitoba or anything like that. So. I wanted to talk about some of the things that I perceive to be the pros of Canada and get your guys' reaction to whether or not I'm imagining these things. First of all, the people. People are incredibly nice. That's 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 just blatantly, obviously true, right? Well, I mean, a lot of that has to do with how you're raised. And we, of course, learn the Queen's English, and we have had a monarch. And these sorts of things breed a polite society. However, we're assholes, too. There are people who are ill-behaved and speak poorly and don't have very much to grow from. So to just say outright we're nicer or more polite, I think that is, of course, the stereotype. But just as it does here in the States, it depends a lot on your grooming. See, I would disagree with Tina on that one. I would just say we're nicer. Do we have assholes? Yes, but our assholes but are nicer ass- than your assholes. That's, and that's kind of how I look at it. Right out of no my way. mouth. Yeah, because I've oh, met some. For sure. Look, there's some guys who come over to me at, you know, in Ellis Man. You're like, hey, buddy. Oh, oh when you say, uh, fuck Canada, buddy. Oh, me, I, my, my buddies are like, we should go kick his ass. You know, like, <laughs> they are. And you can say that in a, in a loving sort of kidding way, but there are guys who do have like a tinge of genuine asshole to it. But it's like adorable ass. You want to give him a little hug. You're like, oh, that was so cute. That was an insult, wasn't it? Oh, good try. Good try. I mean, I don't know. I think that's very snobby of you, in essence, just looking down on their real attempt at a threat and patting them on the head. Well, I don't agree with you because every single one of these guys was like a like a solid corn-fed kind of like even if they had no uh fighting skills could have easily handled me just because of the their their overall manliness so what they would have punched you and then said sorry i don't know no no no. i took i I took the physical threat seriously i just didn't take their assholery seriously they could they could walk the walk but couldn't talk the talk fair but that's also someone who is in your direct path and has listened to the show so is there not maybe a like-mindedness or like a, a kindness there that a stranger on the street in canada might not extend have you seen an ugly underbelly of canada that these two have not well yes in in a word but also you were in the heart of the downtown east side with us do you think that those people who have less to their name and uh behavior maybe is not at the top of their list would have think- been cor- correctly addressing you and politely asking I think maybe what Tita's trying to get at is if you were to take the things that you have said and you you wrote them down on a piece of paper and you had somebody that had never heard the Jason Ellis show and didn't didn't already like have uh, a fondness for what you guys yeah, produce or respect or respect yeah. and, and did kind of see the humor and just wrote them down on a piece of paper and went and then point, and gave them gave to a, like, a good redneck Canadian and yeah. went, that guy over there just said all of this shit <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. about your country. Yeah. There's a really good chance that guy just walks over because everything's out of context yes. and just slugs you. I get that. Yeah, but everything but is... But would help context, you up and but... buy you a beer at the end? Well, if you would do that, that might be the difference. Yeah, context is everything because yeah. you know there's these um, these Twitter accounts that if I say something ridiculous on the show, they'll put it out there. But if I said it about a celebrity, they'll just like at that person in it <laughs> and it, luckily there's always people you. who can't be bothered you know responding or even probably even reading these things but it, if this was my Twitter account and I just randomly went out there and just attacked these 
celebrities out of nowhere with these vicious things that I say, they would have, I feel like they'd have every right to be offended. But on the other hand, I felt like if for some weird reason they spent a year listening to the show and then they heard it, they would probably be far less offended. Yeah. You're not the president, Michael. You're not allowed to just randomly attack people on Twitter like that. Whoa. Speaking of the president, the next pro on my list, uh, Trudeau obviously is a, is a foppish pretty boy, but he also seems like a guy that I can personally, um, I could get along with politically. What do you guys think of this gentleman? Yeah, I think that he gets to be the butt of a lot of jokes because he is so devilish, devilishly handsome. But I think that his politics are really fair and even progressive, particularly mm-hmm. for us being the polite nation that we are. So I would agree with that. I think based on what I know of your views and problems with the current state of affairs here. So I wanted to ask because he is progressive and Canada is progressive. And in many ways, culturally, Canada to me seems like America without as much of like a city influence on its culture. And obviously, like, because, you know, the cliche (laughs) is that so much of the American conversation is driven by New York and Los Angeles and it doesn't represent the people in the middle. To me, Canada seems like the voice of the people in the middle is more the national voice. Granted, I'm sure your media centers are still Toronto and, 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 and what have you. But like, so in America, we talk about coastal Americans and then middle Americans. Are, do you call them middle Canadians? Uh, prairie folk? It's yeah. the prairies. It sounds more Lord of the Ringsy when you call them middle Canadians. Yeah, they're, it's the prairies. Okay, so. so are they on board with uh, Canada legalized gay marriage in 2005? Was that something yeah, they were... another difference. Like, our rednecks seem to be far more open than your rednecks. Okay, that's my question. Is Were they along for the ride, or are they just outnumbered? Yeah, no, they're, they were along. I think uh, nationwide, Canada was on board with that uh, legalization of marijuana all across the board. Everybody was on, on board with that. That being said, in those middle provinces, uh, Trudeau isn't liked. And, he, and although he won, it was because of... The, the outer rim, <laughs> you know, go board back to the Lord of the Rings. It it was the... Well, but in in that context, you're also talking about big business and resources, mm-hmm. of which a lot of the middle Canadians rely, and so they're going to be polarized. But when you look at Canada as a map, you know, as a whole, you have the West Coast, which is unlike any other region in our nation. We don't really have a, a North and a South. We have an East and a West. All the way East in the Maritimes, too, that's an entirely different culture that's often not represented either. So when you're talking about middle Can- Canadians... I would like to say that I love the Northwest Territories, and I don't, I feel offended that you just left them out of this conversation. Yeah, but well, we can we can carry on. I don't know how many yeah. of them are up there sprinkled throughout and really using their voices to... Uh... Shout out to... Uh, never mind. <laughs> so that said, like you're talking about people agreeing, say, with something like gay marriage, which here had a lot of um, back and forth, um, but you're also dealing with less population, and you're talking about, again, what we're calling middle Canadians, the main difference in terms of government support being pretty much industrial-based and not touching any of the socio-political issues. If you want those, you would have to go to someone who lived in Newfoundland and then compare and contrast them to Vancouver, because the two are not alike, and there you might find some differentiation. We also don't have the level of um, media voice that you guys do in terms of if somebody over there on the East Coast is like, we have a problem with this, they probably go to the same bank, have the same phone carrier, and supported in some level the same party you did. So really, like, how much of a difference is there? It just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Trudeau's obviously also um, aggressively feminist mm-hmm. politically. Like, didn't, what was it, his... Um... Uh, cabinet or whatever is like his inner sanctum is 50% women yeah basically minorities and also there's a couple of ministers with disabilities so like representative of Canada really as a whole in terms of its 
um, mixture. I mean, it seems well, you know, the way you'd want to look. Yeah. They have done that with him. They've made him look like that perfect pillar of a a politician, you know? It it almost seems too good to be true because I think typically what sort of happens in a lot of countries' politics is the Democrats are the guys going, this is the way it ought to be, but they're not really like hard nosed enough to make it work the way it ought to be. So then the conservatives swoop in and they go, well, look, we'd all love to live in fairy tale land. And if we did, I'd be fine with that, but we don't. So the guy who used to run Exxon is now our Secretary of State. Deal with it. Because you can send some uh, perfectly you know, uh, uh, principled person over to talk to Vladimir Putin, and he's going to get steamrolled. The guy who used to run Exxon may be a son of a bitch, but he can handle America's interests. So I wonder, do you get... I know it's too soon to tell, and you guys obviously aren't like involved with the government of Canada. I know it's a small place, but not quite that small. Do you get the sense that it sounds great on paper, the coalition that he has built, that it actually is as good as it ought to be, or as everyone would hope it would be in practice? In my opinion, and from what I listen to, which uh, fair is CBC Media, which is definitely on the side of Trudeau in most cases, I have seen nothing but high performance from anyone that he has put in a position, you know, of power. And additionally, it seems to me that um, he may not be making decisions popular with every Canadian, but as Canadians, we've we've chosen our local ministers, and they're really supposed to advocate for our individual interests. But beyond that. They all answer to their leader, progressive, conservative, liberal, or otherwise. So that's a vastly different system than you have, right? So we may or may not like that he signed for some of the the oil drilling, but our local representative is who we would go to with those concerns, and then they have to hold that seat in in the House of Commons or what have you and argue on our behalf. We don't ourselves get to say, we, we voted for you and you're not doing us justice. You know, there's like a disconnect there. So it's like the British thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, entirely. So in that regard, I think everyone that he's appointed has done exactly their job, you know, give or take uh, some disagreeances, and that our local representatives that, you know, as voted in are also doing what they said they would do. Beyond that, I mean, I can't really complain or say that anyone gave us any steaming piles of bullshit thus far. And I kind of look at it um, as as I was talking about America, and you pull back and you have a look, and you have Trump running your country, which is, you know, laughable. When you pull back and you look at how dare you, Dave? I know it's we're guests here. It's horrible. <laughs> get recorded. Um, and when you when you pull back and um, and you look at Canada, who's running our country, it it seems um, if you were to want to do business with one of the two and you have your choice and they're both in front of you, who are you going to choose? Yeah. And and I think that's what's transpiring in the world market right now. Our our dollar um, is climbing. Our dollar is coming back up to where it should be, and and that's foreign investment coming into our country. When who do you want to deal with? Crazy pants or the dork? And I think you'd rather deal with the dork. You actually think you might be able to pull the wool over in his eyes because he, he looks like he's that type of guy. Or the other guy, as you said, who you know is going to send in the guy that used to run some oil company. Yeah, I don't think you. you I don't think you get it, Dave. I think you've sort of touched on the real truth of this, which is that Donald Trump is an extraordinary businessman, and nobody's going to pull the wool over his eyes. And maybe people don't want to do business with America because they are so used to ripping us off and robbing, plundering American gold, and uh, they're not going to get away with it anymore. So they'll just come and steal yours instead and have fun with that. We'll be down here making ourselves great again. Yeah. I would also argue. <laughs> again. There, is, there, is, there is some truth in your statement. Again, or they just again. want to take their ball and go home and not play with you anymore. I don't know. Strength and power is attractive too. So that could attract interests that's, you know, foreign investments and otherwise. Like regardless of what the state of affairs are or may be, 
what's more attractive, the dork or the powerful businessman? I mean, there's that. Well, in fairness, is he really a dork? I mean, he's a boxing pretty boy. He's a dork. Okay. Uh, (laughs) He he lived in Whistler for a while, and and he he was a ski instructor or a snowboard instructor up there. He wore overalls when he fucking snowboarded. Like, he was a dork. He was made fun of when he was there. He was one of the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he like the president's son? Doesn't that help a little? That- he was the prime minister's son. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if we have uh, a special guest housekeeping. <laughs> uh, well, if actually, she comes in in lingerie, she's allowed to enter. Other than that, no. Oh this is a gosh. casual episode. Yeah. I wonder if, given the opportunity, people would. I mean, we have yet to prove ourselves. We're still Canada. We've held fast. We're we're sticking around. But like, our dollar could take a dump any day. I love how how aware you guys are of your dollar. It means a lot to everything we do. It means so much. Like, um, over 50% of our contracts for resources out of Canada go to the United States, so it impacts us greatly when it takes a dive because so many of those people in middle Canada rely on the American dollars coming in. So if they're worth more, that helps us. But at the same time, if we're buying things in return also more expensive, your day-to-day life is impacted by the state of the U.S. versus Canadian dollar. But Canada gets affected on both sides. When the Canadian dollar is low, all of a sudden we became white Mexicans. So all of a sudden the movie industry is booming in Vancouver because you have a dollar that's 30% less, yet you have all of the same um, lighting equipment, gaffers, all of that type of stuff. You can go up to Vancouver and do all of the same type of production that you can anywhere else in the States, but at 30% less. Yeah, I loved when Jackie Chan rumbled in the Bronx and it was Toronto. (laughs) It was Vancouver. It was Vancouver. It was Vancouver. And there's a scene where he's like water skiing behind a hovercraft and you can see the North Shore Mountain skyline in the background. The Brooklyn Mountains. Yeah, the Brooklyn Mountains, exactly. Because there's these mountains in New York that I've never seen. Yeah, the snow-capped hills of the Bronx. So both sides. And then, so right now our dollar's in the middle ground. So it's kind of the place is best for Canada. When we're at par, it's good for the people of Canada. Coming down here, for instance, you know, our dollars at par, spending our money, like, um, but last year if we came down here, let's say for Alice Mania, everything we bought was 35%, you know? So it was like, it gets really expensive. Like, whoa, sweet, $1,000 hotel room. Then we go home and it's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah. Is that unusual too, though? Does that strike you as a very Canadian thing to be talking about the dollar? Because, yes. I mean, you guys are such a vast country. Like, why would you ever think of someone else's currency? Well, uh, well ask me how the American dollar is doing. Compared to whom? You wouldn't need to know. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, the community of the world. But the dollar you know, the dollar goes up and down. Yeah, it does. But, but it does like, not going to affect you in the same way it affects us. Right, borders, right. right? Whereas if you're in part of the EU or you're traveling internationally, or for us, international is across the border. And as I said, we have so many business dealings with you. It would matter to us, and it would matter to a lot of the world. Perhaps the Americans are the weird ones who don't think about the day-to-day rise but and they, fall of their dollars. Why would they think of it? It's like me in business. If you're, if you're ever, if my business was in the states, I wouldn't even think of the dollar. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, selling whatever I'm selling into Canada, yeah. it would come up and down. And by the way, I'll still answer the question I asked you to ask me, which is, I don't know. I have never known how the American dollar yeah. is doing. I never once in my entire life have I ever been aware <coughs> of it because never. Maybe it has affected me. Maybe when I like lived in okay like when I lived in England things were very expensive but I just perceived that to be a permanent state of affairs it might not have been but that was the only time in my life I had I to mean, give half a shit historically yeah the the pound was worth more yeah. so that makes sense but like Dave's saying if you are within the stronghold of America why do you need to know how your dollar's doing it's the same thing you buy everything on eBay out. in American dollars in from my business point of view 
everything I purchase. The international currency is U.S. So I'm buying all of my product from China or uh, the or Mexico or the Dominican Republic. I'm not dealing in pesos or yen. I'm dealing in U.S. currency. So being that uh, everything I'm doing in Canada is in Canadian currencies, and then all of a sudden I'm buying in U.S. So when the dollar goes par, all of a sudden my profit margins go up. When your American dollar goes up and the Canadian dollar goes down, I'm turning off the lights. You know what I mean? I understand. So okay. profit margin is what runs all businesses. And because, right. uh, let's say America is a great white shark, Canada's just a fucking feeder fish coming along. Everything you guys do, we're just getting the little remnants of. Okay. All right. I think I got it. Let's pivot away from currency. Um, yeah, because we don't know it. We really don't know anything about politics. <laughs> the Voice Boys show knows nothing well, about currency or politics. Well, I don't really feel like I'm talking about politics. Okay, obviously, yeah. when I talk about Trudeau, I'm talking about yeah. politics. But I'm talking about, like, the, the culture and I'm talking about the society, really. really. And the next thing – and we've touched on this in different ways, but I – I feel like the national discourse in Canada is and always has been a lot more civil. Like, I feel like Canada has more of a sense, and I would like to believe America used to have it. I'm not really sure. We don't have it at the moment. We might never have it again, this sense that we can disagree, like a family. We can disagree. We can even argue. We can even not speak for a couple of days. But at the end of the day, we will always come back together because we are all Americans. I do not feel that way about America at all right now. I don't feel like that has ever been in danger in Canada. I feel like it's very hard to run a country when people, like, when you're the Prime Minister of England, you get to say, we are British, and we will handle this the British way. And even though it would be very hard to put into words what the British way is, everybody gets what it is. The Germans can do that. The Japanese can do that. I feel like Canadians can do that. I don't feel like America can do that anymore because everybody has such a different idea. Some people think the most American thing you can possibly do is to say, occasionally, I don't think the flag is living up to um, the standards that it was established for, so I am going to peacefully protest it, and other people think that that is the least American thing that you can ever do. That is a a critical, functional, basic divide. Yes, although, are you familiar with the Canadian separatists and referendums we've had in that regard? Oh, I'm not counting Quebec in any of this. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> yeah, does. That's fair. fair. Nobody does. So yeah. The West Coast has on occasion threatened, you know, you don't represent our ideals and we're like a different world out here. Maybe we should separate. I mean... Let me clarify. I feel like all of Canada gets along except for the French Canadians and the Newfies. Oh. For the most part. The Newfies part, are yeah. on the East Coast. And, and we all love the Newfies. Okay. I mean, comedy. They've given it to us for years. We love <laughs> okay, that. Right. Say no more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I would agree. I would agree with your statement. I really would. Um, but that's the one thing. Like, politics down here is a major thing. And you, like, when it goes on, I mean, the song and dance, the parade, the television shows that go along with anything that happens political down here isn't the same in Canada. Yeah, how long are your presidential elections? They're like, are, are for, we don't know. I'm sorry, it. Prime Minister. Uh, they're short. They call it, and it's in a six-week period. It has to be done. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, you guys have, you have, like, debates about debates. You know, you get smart people in a room, and they're going to talk about what that guy's going to do and what that guy's going to say. They start to get in arguments over shit that people are going to say when they haven't even fucking said it yet. Whereas we're going like, okay, six weeks, let's do it. And we won. And we're done. Move on. And, I mean, it can... We had it happen in a local election in Vancouver, uh, in, in sorry, in, in British Columbia. If it's close, then you can have another re-election, or you can bow out and be like, okay, it's close, you won. But that's... Doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Is, um, do you feel like, I hate to talk about social media, and I, and I always bring it up on my show, but do you feel like Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, are ruining the national discourse? Because I can't, a lot of people are making the um, observation that 
once YouTube enabled comments on videos and Facebook enabled comments on things, that that was actually the beginning of the end that everybody got a voice and they were damn well going to use it. And I, I feel like um, it's such a, a dark irony that we thought it would be this way that we would communicate with each other in ways we never imagined. And instead it's actually tearing us apart is social media ruining the national discourse in Canada as it clearly is in America. I mean, I don't know that you could isolate it to be any like politically leaning opinions yeah. that are or, or culturally. No, that that neither. I would yeah. say, if anything, culturally, social media has really helps us identify with one another, and we can all <laughs> laugh at the same bacon jokes. Okay, um, seriously, how does immigration to Canada work? <laughs> yeah, so you uh, pick your favorite section of the country because there's really only three places to live: Middle Canada, East or West, and then you just ask nicely if you yeah. can come over. And it's pretty easy. Uh, I think uh, I paid uh, $5,000 to have an employee live there. Now, so five grand. That's what it costs you. Lawyer fees, $5,000. That brings me to my next perceived pro of living in Canada, which is the multiculturalism and the seeming embrace. uh, You know, at the top level, there's this explicit embrace of immigration. Do you feel like culturally on, you know, on the ground floor, everyone feels the same way about like, come one, come all, as long as you guys are law-abiding citizens, we're happy to have you. In Vancouver, I can only speak for Vancouver. I don't. I don't live in Regina or anywhere. I only live in Vancouver. In Vancouver, yes, mm-hmm. I would say one hundred percent. We, anybody I know, especially especially if you live in Vancouver, if you don't embrace multiculturalism, you wouldn't live there. You you would walk out of your house and be driven nuts. If you're if you're okay, a true but, racist, but, but, but you would is, walk out your door yeah. and be like, and get itchy and 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 move to the to Middle Canada. Right, but that is the same in Los Angeles and yeah. in New York and San Francisco. But okay, I don't live in Middle America, but I have some sense of. And believe me, it is far more nuanced than anyone wants to pretend that it is. There are plenty of people who love immigrants in Middle America, and there's far more people than our national discourse would ever admit who are like, I love immigrants. I just think that it's gotten wildly out of control and we have no idea yeah. who's in our country and we can't do anything about misbehaving immigrants Sure. and those people get lumped in with the real racists and that's one of our big problems is we can only think in gigantic big bullet points but do you get the sense that middle Canadians are like yeah cool I mean I, I came from somewhere why shouldn't somebody else come here as well? Well two things first of all I think I may be the Canadian who's lived in the most places or spent time in the most places in Canada and additionally how many states have you lived in, Michael? Three. Okay, and they were? New Jersey, New York, and Canada. Okay. You mean California? California. <laughs> I'm, getting ahead. I'm getting ahead of myself. Wow, already so moved. Hello, Freud. <laughs> I've lived in eight states over the years, like over in the Canada? course of... In America. Oh, okay. I was going to say and that's like I more than you have. Across Canada, too. <laughs> and so maybe my personal experience could speak to this in terms of the states that I would agree. There's There are pockets of people who are accepting, but you definitely live up to the stereotype of having like your um, racist groups and people who don't have room for others in their life, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. Moving on. In Canada, again, having lived across the country as well, that multiculturalism multiculturalism is something I grew up with that I have seen at the ground level across the country and that is even reflected and has been for years in our media like right from like CanCon which is like the the amount of Canadian content that you must include in your media whether it's radio or television or film I got that on my list of cons we'll get to that oh perfect and then also (laughs) also um, as a consumer of 
products. You know, we have international groceries, and they're not in a separate section that you have to search for because they're international. They're just what we have. You have um, programming that's been on, on since I was a little girl that didn't make a big deal of the demographic character. They were just one of the characters. And I've been to a couple of um, events related to television and media in the United States, and we're actually seen as progressive in that regard because we have taken what is available on the streets of Canada, put it on our television um, for so long that it, it truly is a part of our country in a way that it isn't here. Um, healthcare seems clearly... And by the way, I think it sounds like uh, Las Vegas is being bombed right now. I think a DJ is just sound checking outside <laughs> of the pool. Um, yeah, healthcare, is it, it seems better. Is it better? Uh, I think it's great. I mean... You do, there is a lot of waiting, I think, in hospitals and stuff like that, and especially waiting for surgeries and stuff like that, but I believe that the healthcare is great, that's for sure. Well, and I'm assuming that wealthy people can spend their money to... Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Like, it is universal healthcare. It varies province by province. There are certain things that they've started trying to allow people to pay for, like an MRI or a test of some sort. It does get met with a backlash because of the crazy lineups. But in terms of, like, life-giving services... That's not something you can buy in Canada. That's actually illegal. Well, that's interesting to me because I, I I don't pretend to understand how these things work or ought to work, but it, it seems like it'd be you could work out a blend somewhere where there's like a safety net for everyone. But obviously, we understand that certain people, unfortunately, it's, ours is not a perfect world. We don't live in utopia. We are not a communist or socialist society, despite Barack Obama's best in, um, efforts to turn us into one. Because clearly, that's what he was hell bent on doing. And. Um, Rich people are always going to be better taken care of than poor people, but we just don't let poor people slip through the cracks. Yeah, I mean, I think I that's we, our effort in yeah. Canada anyhow, and it does mean some wait times. But again, if you were to just let people then pay for it. But the wait times are only for, let's say you blew your knee, your ACL. It's something you can continue to walk around on. You you get a three-week wait for your, your MRI and maybe a two-month wait for your surgery. You didn't pay a single cent for that. But let's say you were at the skateboard park, you fell, and you broke your arm. You go right to the hospital, they take you into surgery, they fix you right that second, you walk out of there the next day with a cast, and uh, you're not bankrupt. Yeah, I was in Japan, and I went to a baseball game, and I ate every food that they have, because when am I going to be at a Japanese baseball game again? That's and so brave. It was in, well, it didn't, it was brave, because I was in, <laughs> I was in the hospital a couple hours later. Yeah. yeah, I was having, like, I went to bed, and I started having, like, fever dreams, and, you know, and I woke up, and I was like, there's something wrong with me, and then... I remember I'm in my wife's grandmother's living room and it's it's like an apartment building so we're up off the ground but I hear sirens and I'm like wait a second are those for me <laughs> and sure enough the ambulance had come for me just and an ambulance comes a lot more readily in New York as it does in, in Japan as it does in New York because people don't have cars you know so it's not quite as big of a deal but anyway ambulance whatever they did to me, IVs, et cetera, I think it costs like $100, mm-hmm. $200. And I'm not even a citizen. And you just wonder like, okay, this is like it's so disappointing that my country can't talk about these things rationally without getting hysterical because people want to talk in terms of principles, not in terms of practicalities. Like Japan is not bankrupt from that. Canada is not bankrupt from that. So clearly there is more than one way to skin this cat or whatever metaphor it is I'm, I'm looking for and why can't we just talk about what is likely to work not what we think ought to work and what we will therefore ram down our own throats because this is the way it ought to be 
That's such a complicated question. I mean, we're clearly not the people to take it on, but I no, mean, how many That's times? what I do on the show, though. Yeah. Big <laughs> questions, no answers. Yeah. Oh, I love it as a tagline. <laughs> I'm wondering, how many times now has the health reform failed to go through under Trump? I think three go? times they have yeah. failed to repeal Obamacare. Yeah, that might be part of the answer as to why you guys can't talk about it. I mean, why does anything with that much of a think tank behind it and that much money and that much research fail three times? Somebody's not talking to somebody. Well, and also, from what I understand, Obamacare was not, and I don't pretend to understand Obamacare in the slightest, uh, was not really what he or the Democrats wanted. It was just the closest thing to it that they knew they could get past, and they felt like it will start the ball rolling downhill and it'll gather momentum, and eventually it will become the thing that we want it to be. And the Republicans, if they have a clear alternative plan, have not... um, uh, are, are being very coy about what it is, which leads me to believe they don't. They don't have a very clear conception, and/or they know what they have is at least as bad, you know, if not worse. So we basically have this pitched battle. Really think about this: this pitched national battle that people will get fiercely angry about between two alternatives that both don't work. We're basically arguing on behalf of Obamacare, which doesn't work, or a Republican plan that is as bad, if not worse. And and people are willing to, you know, families are not speaking because of the sides that have been taken in this battle. It is so nonsensical. It, 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 it you know, it betrays belief. Yeah, truly, truly a dichotomy that does not have um, a solution. I mean, at the same time, though, you get that in Canada, like in provinces, like Mark and I are from Ontario originally, and we have a very different style of universal health care there and there's no payment involved whereas in in british columbia there is um full care coverage for people who can't afford it but you pay a premium if you have some level of income determined by your taxes so that even is a different system than what i would consider what many consider or call but canada's it's, universal it's, it's based 100 percent on how much you make like when i was a kid i didn't pay it and then when i started to make money i paid 32 dollars a month and now you know i do well i pay 104 so yeah it's not like it's not going to break you every any most people in my tax bracket can afford the 104 dollars you know as the as the the cost to have yeah and i don't feel like that's a ton less. I forget what I pay because I'm paying for a family now. My company is subsidizing it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, no, my company's subsidizing it, and I still pay way more than you. So yeah, it is way yeah, more expensive. But, I mean, considering what they'll do for me for 104 dollars, I'm willing to pay that. But you would need supplemental coverage too if you want dental, for example, or eye care, or you would, you know. And that yeah, is- and that's yeah. Like dental is one thing, and I'm sure there's is your insurance for dental down here. Yeah, it's super cheap. You guys yeah. can't get it. You, you, you we, I get it through my work. You pay additional, and that's yeah. the thing. Some people can. Oh, it's afford like ten bucks their- a month their MSP or care card coverage because of their tax bracket and the measly $100, but then their kids need braces and eyeglasses and they're busted again. Yeah, so the, it's the not dental one up in Canada. Fuck. Free and clear as you think. You it's know? an adorable problem to have, yeah. though. Right? The, national de- <laughs> the national debate over we, dentistry continues. Oh, we do we do have issues in Canada. I know we're, we're looking like we're sugarcoating it, but you were in an area of Vancouver that... Okay, you know, Smack's also on the con list. We're getting there. And I don't want to wreck your list. No, no, no. We're going to talk yeah. about the cons. Yeah. So, okay, we've devoted a lot of time to the pros. Let's just go through it. So, I only have one or two. You know, why are we trying to cut down our country? He's you, on the you pros are. list. You, you, you've Damn done a good it. job of trying to... You're trying to like... You try to give us an edge in this show, I feel. You're trying to take off, like, the, the sugarcoatedness of Canada. Well, I mean... It's just... No, there's bad things in Canada. Look, I am considering uh, immigrating to Canada, and I have drawn up my own personal list of the things that I think are good about it and the things that I think might be bad about it, and I'm just asking for your informed opinion. Fair. I think Tita's given you, like, 
I, I think I'm being a little nicer, and Tita's actually, no, we got some bad stuff. Of course you do. Of course you yeah. do. We're going to talk about those. Yeah. Um, the last pro, as I perceive it, is um, your attitude towards guns. I consider that a pro. Yeah. Okay, because, and I only realized this when I was thinking about this for the show, um, Canada seems like a nation of gun lovers, if I may speak very, very broadly, but not, like America is, a nation of gun nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I sort of consider myself a, a Canadian gun guy. Um, how did that happen? How did me becoming a Canadian no, no, gun No, 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 no. Like, how did, how, how, why is it that both nations are very similar culturally you, next to each other? Use em- the word, embrace, nuts. embrace guns, yeah. but, but, but one of us has a healthy love for it and one has a dangerous obsession. I think, I believe, like, Canada was founded on, like, hunting and agricultural shit like that, and I think that still holds true today. Um, a lot of people who do have guns are solely using them for, for hunting. Um, you can't get a handgun in Canada unless you're going to a range with it. That's Again, it. Nuts. Yeah, but don't the criminals get them and kill and all of you? There's How do you protect market, yourselves? Obviously, um, we don't worry about protecting ourselves with weapons or with guns. No, I don't think. I mean, people... so how come you're not all dead? Exactly. The, we're again, nice. because you give guns to nuts. But it's also population. You know what I mean? It's like there's you know almost 400 million of you. So you're going to have some crazies. There's only 33 million Canadians. That's crazies. Oh, per capita, do you guys have as many guys getting capped as we do? No. Oh, it doesn't even come close. Oh. <laughs> I tried America. Yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> like, they don't have close. the guns, ergo, they can't shoot each other. Yeah. And uh, handgun laws are really strict in Canada. Like, getting a rifle, it's it's not much different from here. You know what I mean? You go in, you wait your your waiting period, you you go and buy your bullets at some Target or something, and you got a, you got a shotgun. Mm-hmm. You can go shoot some uh, clay pigeons. But a handgun in Canada is... Definitely, there's a lot more that goes into it. Okay, which brings us to the cons, because you mentioned Target. Is it true that Canada does not have Target? It's true. It tried. Yeah, they, they were there tried. for like a year, maybe. Not they even. They tried and failed, and actually, that was an error on Target's side, and somebody yeah. lost their job yeah. because they didn't make room for the exchange that we talked about earlier. So all of a sudden, bringing all your products and repackaging them in French and English, making sure they fit any differences in our FDA, Food and Drug Administration, they took a huge fucking hit and they couldn't stay afloat because you also can't charge U.S. value on Canadian goods because people can't afford a pair of underpants at the U.S. rate, right? So they they didn't do all of their homework, apparently, and that uh, pesky little currency exchange problem really bit them in the keister. It only lasted nine months, and it yeah. almost made, like, yeah, it, it was a big hit. It was, uh, I think it was a $500 million loss that they took trying to come into Canada. They bought up. Uh, leaseholds, uh, took out department stores. We had a Canadian department store called Zellers. They just bought it so they could take all of their leaseholds. So all of the money they invested in that really took yeah. took a big hit on Target. It, you, the one thing about us Canadians is we're proud, right? So if you're going to bring in something that we like, and we liked Target, but Canadians, when they go to the States, they'll go to Target, you know what I mean? Because we don't have it. It's something different. It's something new. But if you're going to bring it to us, let's say if you bring up like a like a, a Zara or a Topshop or any of these other retailers, you got to bring the same product. Because we do travel. We do see what's there. We do have the internet. Then you give us this like uh, Target Lite. That's some bullshit there. We didn't ask for Target Light. We wanted Target, and you gave us Target Light. But your yeah. damn dollar, you can't afford it. Yeah, I, all of the but that's all on, of the products. But that's on Target. We want real How Target. How is that on Target? We they want. Shut up, done their fucking should, homework. Dude. But your homework. dollar's different. You can't pay like my my ninety nine cent section. No, they can only offer to you is the dollar thirty section. It Sorry, deal price. with it. Yeah. It was the products. So all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch. There's... Well, you're either going to pay more for the same products, or you're going to pay the same and get shittier stuff. 
That's the way. That's the way this works, guys. Yeah, but I mean, it's not us. We would have kept Target. They we would have failed. Kept Target, yeah. They had to leave. You know, they just they took too big of a hit not considering those things that we brought up off the top of the show. Okay. Well, we want our Target designer brands. God damn it! If you're not going to give us our Target designer brands, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be hurt. You want the Sean White collection? Exactly. Thank oh you. <laughs> this is someone who spends a lot of time in the children's section at Target. Yeah, a you do. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in Targets too. I like to poop there. She has a thing about pooping in targets. Oh, why is that? I think I'm just so relaxed. She feels at home. I used to uh, go to, I, I lived near a Kmart when I was uh, young, wild, and free, and uh, that was my hangover spot. Oh, I would like just, you would barf in the Kmart? No, no, oh. no. Well, it probably happened. But <laughs> no, I would just go there with like a cup of coffee and like $20 because I was super broke, and I would just wander around for hours and just linger on everything because <laughs> it was nice and air-conditioned and stupid and cheap, and I would just like collect some... Like Jim Carrey in uh, Dumb Dumb and Dumber when he uh, uh, Dumb and Dumber when he goes to uh, the convenience store and just buys like the most essential things and comes out with a huge foam cowboy hat. And all that. <laughs> I would just go and spend. I would basically in the time it took for my hangover to pass, I would collect things that cost a cumulative twenty dollars. Beautiful. Until I felt better. So these say yeah, big box stores have a have a huge place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, next perceived con we already touched on it. Pretty smacky. No. Big cities everywhere in the world are having that problem. And you were in Vancouver, which has a particular problem. Yeah, I'm going to disagree there. Really? At least in L.A., we've stuck them all in one horrible hell-on-earth place. Yeah, so do, do we. So do we. We put them on East Hastings. Yeah, it's called yeah. Vancouver. It's, it's, a, it's a main street that goes through our town, and we've catered to them. Instead of uh, removing them, we've put the speed limit down to 30, and it's everywhere. Like, go as slow as possible, because the walking dead are truly around you. Don't hit them. They might fall over, hurt themselves. Um, but it's just one strip, and it's about a five-block strip. Um, but if you were to make the wrong turn, because three blocks off from that, you were in the beautiful, historic gas town. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, God, where am I? Yeah. But it is really bad, but... Uh, no, Vancouver, you know, the climate on it's the bad. West Coast is it's about bad. the warmest as it, get, it gets in all of Canada. So if you're going to survive the winters without a home and only drugs, you're going to move to Vancouver. I mean, there are other places in the country that don't have near the level of smack problems that... Okay, but like I said, I am considering... I I, I don't think Middle Canada is for me, with all okay. due respect to all the middle, middle Canadians listening. I am... If I'm moving to Canada, I'm moving to Vancouver, and I'm, I'm frankly, I'm concerned about all the smack. Well, do you have a previous history of addictions? Me personally? Yeah. Anyone is in it your in your family? family? Does it run in your family? Does it, is there any family it doesn't run in a little bit? Yeah, yeah I think so. Not mine. <laughs> okay, well, no, no. I live around it. It, it, it. I'm never enticed. I'm never like, wow, that guy walking down the street has swagger. I want to have swagger like him. Maybe I should try heroin. No, no no drug addiction that I'm aware of in my okay. family. But, then you're, then you should be but fine. I'm saying it's a family that doesn't have alcoholism. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's acceptable, Michael. Catholic, we're we're so. families from the 70s. That's acceptable. <laughs> What, why would you say Irish Catholics? Like, I, I've always found it so funny that I feel like the cliche of every nation is to be alcoholics, but we refuse to embrace the idea that people are just alcoholics. It just every um, we just change the the liquor that we associate. You know, it's like Mexicans. Ah, uh, you know, you know, I'm Mexican, so yeah, give me some tequila. Watch out. You know, I'm Russian, so give me some vodka. Watch out. I'm uh, I'm English, so you know I love my ale. It's like okay, so everybody's just a fucking alcoholic. Well, I, everyone imbibes. I'm not sure they're all alcoholics. I come from an Irish Catholic family. That's why, and I know that you do. That's why I made that crack. I mean, it is actually, nobody drank. In, nobody drank in my family growing up. I didn't see it at all because everybody had quit. Ah, 
<laughs> yeah, well, then that worked out in your favor. If there are no issues of that sort, then fucking move to Vancouver. But if there was even an inclination that you thought your progeny would struggle with that, do not move there. Because oh my it's god, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, why were you I asking? Inquiring. You were asking because you. Th- the only thing that these people are going it's a little, to do, it's a little, it's a little unnerving. It's they a little... might break into your car now and then. Right, right, they right, do right. not fuck with the average person. They they stick in their own little short I social get it. circle. Oxford actually had a, a ludicrous heroin problem I remember the time you guys have probably seen this I would imagine too where there must have been like a bad batch came to town and all of a sudden like all of the guys who used to just be like space and change please instead were like making weird patterns out of trash they pulled out of garbage cans and stuff and it got really really weird and I was like okay this is happening all over town something weird happened to the drugs here right now there is a weird thing with uh, I said heroin specifically and that's the uh, fentanyl coming into the market which has uh, unfortunately killed a lot of people. Yeah, fentanyl would be like your bad batch in Oxford. Yeah, it's taking yeah. out a large chunk, not just of the people already addicted, but um, social users who just happen on some kind of product that's been that's, cut with it. It's the social user that bothers me with the fentanyl. Like if it's if it's the drug users that are on the, in the area on East Hastings, like sweet, like thin in the herd, you know, like I don't care about them. But it's the average. The, the person that got him, his wife, they're sharing a pill for the weekend, they're going to have some wine, and all of a sudden they, they wake up dead. And that's yeah. happening in Vancouver right now. Yeah. And in that regard, again... Yeah, that just hit pretty to close kid. to home. Yeah. It was no, no and that's kid. happening a lot in Vancouver. You know, like, if you're buying a car, you know everything about that car dealership, the type of car, what it is. When you're buying drugs, you're buying it off some dude. You don't know anything. You, there's no Yelp review on your drug guy. You know what I mean? So you don't know where he's getting it from or where he's getting it from. So it's like you're – it's such a crapshoot just doing drugs in general. And in Vancouver right now, holy shit. I, I don't know why anybody – and it's now in cocaine. So the fentanyl is being laced into cocaine. Marijuana. So even if you just want to do a bump on the weekend and have a good time with your homies because we're at the Hard Rock – well, fuck, dude, you want to know me might die. Yeah. So it's not it's really not worth it in Vancouver right now. I'm glad we're having this conversation because uh, we are here at Elm's Mini Weekend. I met a guy last night who um, he and his lovely wife told me about their uh, children. And then they told me about their uh, the medical marijuana that they grow. And then they told me about the medicinal cocaine. Municipal? That's a thing? Yeah. How was that a thing? I think this came up on Podly Crew one time. Um, it's uh, cocaine, like hydrochloride or something like that. It's a topical anesthetic. Oh, So there actually is like one remaining medical use for okay. cocaine. And this, I was like, oh, wow, you got, wow, I've heard of that. That's like some Keith Richards, Miles Davis shit. Like, I want to try that. And he's like, well, let's go. I was like, oh, I meant like, <laughs> I'm working. I meant like hypothetically try that. <laughs> I'm just talking here. Yeah. But, I mean, sure, all the power to them, but if you were going to come to Canada again and you're going to raise a child there, or children, um, you know, I help with international students, and they want to go to a concert or something, it's like, fine, but we, under no circumstances do you even take a bottle of water from someone. You know, you have to be that firm at this stage. There's no um, one-off, like you said, sharing a pill or a joint, or it's in everything. So in that regard, again, if if anyone in your family has the inclination, don't fucking come, dude. Okay. Um, My next con is... uh far less serious so I guess yes we have a bad drug problem yes. that would be the, the, the how is your Mexican statement. food I don't eat Mexican food it's getting better uh, that's what people always say it's when they have shitty better. Mexican there's food there's a few places that do have a good street taco but 
it's it's not like California, man. Like what your guys that? is Mexican. Why is can't just they just fucking ship up level. the avos? Like they do. It's not the same. It's not the same. What it's does just, it take? You guys you know have Mexicans, what? don't you? You can have a little a little metal box on the side of your uh, side of the street. You can go up and get the best tacos you've ever had. It's just it's just we don't have that yet. Yeah, just, I don't know. The tropical right. ingredients have to travel further, and yeah. I don't like spicy food. So mm, personally, you I don't, I'm not an expert, but. We have way better sushi than you. But we don't have a Argue lot of Mexicans. I think you're getting more. We don't, we don't have get, a lot of Mexicans. Get ready for them. They're making their well, way up. I have up. a Mexican living in my house right but now. But we still, like, we have, like, ethnically, we have a lot of Asians, Indians, Aboriginals. We don't have a lot of black people. On the East, East Coast, like, middle, like, uh, Ontario, we have more. But in Vancouver area, we don't have a lot of black people. We don't have a lot of Hispanics. Like, it's... Well, it's multicultural, but there's some that are less, especially when you come to the States. The, like, I remember the first time going to California being like, wow, the amount of black people and Mexican people I saw, I was blown away. Because I just culturally never saw it. Huh. I was like, whoa. And now, So when you do see a black person in Vancouver, you're like, oh, a black person. Like, um, it, it pops into your head like there's a black person. Yeah, it's pretty whitewashed out there. Yeah. But again, I grew up across the Detroit River from Detroit. So but you're I that area for sure. People. Definitely. <laughs> this is like a totally different experience. Like, on the Brampton West Coast has a lot more black people than all of Vancouver. Yeah, fair. Right? Mm-hmm. You're like Brampton. Right? Sorry, was the question if we like black people? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you guys are uh, at least open to them. You're mildly curious about them. I can them. write them. <laughs> They, uh, I'm part of the hip-hop culture, so I've yeah. embraced my inner blackness, although I am an albino. I like brown things. Yeah, and shiny things. Yeah, I mean, if you represent the hip-hop community of Vancouver, <laughs> Dave, then I think I've got my answer uh, there. Actually, uh, to the question that I didn't I'd ask. I'd be on the outer rim. Uh, the hip-hop culture is pretty much dominated by the Filipinos in Vancouver. Yeah, I guess they got, they got, some, they got some swagger. Damn good b-boys. And uh, the final thing, obviously, is... Okay. The one thing that Los, An- Los Angeles has over New York is really the weather. But as I've come to find over the last 10 years since I moved, um, weather is actually the single most important thing about the place that you live. Because there's it's the only area that I consider um, uh, Los Angeles superior to New York, and yet it's enough that I know I will never live full-time in New York ever again. Global warming is real. We can debate about whether or not it's man-made, even though we all know it is. And... <laughs> And as a result, Canada is getting warmer. And we're not going to see this a whole lot in our lifetimes, but a lot of the reason why, one of the reasons why there's so much Chinese investment in um, southern, southwestern Canada is because they know it is going to become a better and better place to live. But in the meantime, how brutal is the weather for when I moved to Vancouver? Do I need to bring a jacket? A jacket, yes. Um, but have you been to Seattle? You spent much time in Seattle? Not really. Okay, it's, Vancouver has rain. More than anything else. So if there, if you, if rain bothers you in any way, Vancouver is not the place for you. I'm not going to be able to get my wife there. Yeah, my wife is like a hot house flower. It's it's that's so beautiful. Uh, you you can you she can, has tattoos of flowers all over her. She will wilt and she will die. <laughs> you can uh, walk the streets of Vancouver and somehow get avocado hands as if you just had a really long bath. It wow. rains that much. Oh my gosh! See, we just spent 51 minutes solidifying my opinion that I will definitely move to Vancouver and the last one minute making it obvious that I never will. Yeah, it's that <laughs> easy. I don't know why you want to, like, you You live in a nice place and you're, you're picking the nicest place out of, out of a country that you think is the nicest country. But you're still picking, and you're picking Vancouver because it is the nicest spot, in my opinion, to live. But it's still, the weather is going to be a drastic difference. And I wouldn't live in Vancouver 
if I, like I said, I live in the Hawaii, the California of Canada. I live in the best place I could possibly live where it gets the nicest weather. The Hawaii but, of Canada is another t-shirt. But hang on. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But if I, 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 and this is where I'm going with this. I traveled to Hawaii for the first time this year. Never been there. And now I think every American that doesn't live there, if, if you grew up in Ohio and you're still in Ohio, it doesn't matter where you are. And you haven't I fucking moved. Fucking love Ohio. And you, but if you if you live there in the middle of winter and you're like, this is awesome, but you you could live in Hawaii, you're fucked. Why? The only reason I don't live there is because there's an imaginary line in the sand that says I'm not allowed to because I'm a Canadian. It I wouldn't poured live, on you I like monsoon rains the whole time you were there. And I still the hot like I would <laughs> it, two days doesn't matter. I would live there. So anybody that doesn't live there, I think is a moron. Okay, so. One final question. If there was no, uh, for all of you, for each of you, if there was no practical impediment to you moving to the U.S. and you could move to the U.S. destination of your choice and, you know, you were going to be okayed at the border and you were going to be able to find work and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If you were just free to move to America, would you? No, thank you. Um, me with my work? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think so. No. Okay, it's two out of three. I was hoping you guys would say that. No. I like Hawaii, okay. and I, I do make I make jokes like hey, why you an, live there. It's a nice place. It's to a, visit. But it's a nice place to it's visit. It's a nice place to visit. But I don't think you yeah. want to, with all yeah. due respect, nobody's listening in. Hawaii. I don't fuck, mind the rain. Hawaii. Like that's the one thing. Like you have to like the rain. You have to like the seasons. You have to like to see these things. The leaves change. Uh, the colors of the city that trans. The how it goes. The it's always green in Vancouver. No, like, I get it. I'm a product of the grunge era. The, I get it. It's gorgeous. Like you just. Yeah. You really, if, if to grow, grow up there and live there, yeah. it truly is home. And, and that, that's why that guy never lift, left Ohio, too. He loves Ohio. Of course, of reason. course. I'm sure Ohio is lovable in its way yeah. as well. Yeah. Go Buckeyes! Buckeyes! Woo! Um, okay, so uh, I'll divorce my wife and move to Canada. <laughs> Thanks, I got, guys. I got a basement. Sorry about that. I got a basement suite he can rent. Beautiful. All right, well, so uh, everybody can listen to the Voice Boys show on Sirius XM on Faction Talk Saturday nights right after the Tully show. You can also download the podcast. You guys want to do your social medias? Tita? I am at Cupcake DeJure on all channels. I'm Murmur604 across the board. Uh, this Voice Life on Instagram. Don't forget to head over to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, once the Voice Boys show airs on the Saturday, on the Monday we put that up. So you can either get twice a week, there'll be the Voice Boys show and or This Voice Life for your listening enjoyment. Okay, yeah, subscribe to that and subscribe to the Tully show. I am at Tully. Thanks, guys. Let's go do more uh, Ellis Mania. Woo! Hell yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs>